0: It ain't easy being green, or is it? We get the scoop on the gender-bending character who pilots Voltron's Green Lion from actress Bex Taylor-Klaus in the latest episode of Retcond. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Retcond, a podcast of assorted geekery. I'm Rick Marshall, and today we're activating the interlock and connecting the dinotherms for a chat with actress Bex Taylor-Klaus, about the animated series Voltron, Legendary Defender. Or more specifically, Pidge, the gender-bending character she voices in the hit show. A reboot of Voltron, the classic 80s cartoon that featured a team of space pilots whose robotic lions combined to form a powerful sword-wielding mechanical warrior, Legendary Defender gave the old show more than just a new coat of paint when it premiered in 2016. Along with updating the animation, Legendary Defender reinvented many of the characters and concepts of the Voltron universe to take the sci-fi saga in new directions. One of those changes involved Pidge, the spectacled, diminutive pilot of the Green Lion who went from being a young boy in the original series to, spoiler alert, a teenage girl in Legendary Defender. The gender change-up for the character was revealed midway through the first season and inspired no small amount of discussion regarding the importance, or lack thereof, of gender in pop culture and the way movies and television can and should handle such plot points. With the fourth season of Voltron Legendary Defender now available to stream on Netflix, we talked to Taylor Klaus about the responsibility that came with portraying Pidge, why Legendary Defender is succeeding where so many other reboots of old shows have fallen flat, and the place she's earned in the geek scene with recent roles in the Arrow and Scream television series along with Voltron. Bex, it's great to chat with you. Uh, congratulations on Voltron's success. Thank you. Well, great
1: to chat with you too.
0: We've uh, we've seen a lot of movies and television series from the '80s get rebooted lately, and, and most of them don't fare nearly as well as uh, as Voltron has. Why do you think the show's been so successful? I mean, you know, at some point it's it's more than just you know nostalgia at play.
1: Yeah, well, I think that one of the reasons that Voltron's been so successful is it it caters to every every need in in terms of a cartoon. You've got amazing characters amazing ways that they interact with each other you've got epic battles really cool villains giant lion robots that fight to defend the universe where where can you go wrong with any of this this is awesome
0: (laughs) well uh you know the creative team on on legendary defender there changed some elements from the original series as you know i'm sure and, and one of the big changes had to do with your character Pidge. Was, uh, was that element sure. of the character, uh, that Pidge was being changed from a, a boy in the original show to a teenage girl in this one? Uh, was it on your radar when you joined the series?
1: Yes, that was actually one of the selling points for me was, was when I went in for the audition, that was um, very clear about the character was Pidge is a girl masquerading as a boy in order to find her family. And that was, to me, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I am, I am going to do this. This is the coolest thing. This is important. Let's do it.
0: Oh, fantastic. That's great to hear. Uh, Well, changing the gender of characters when projects are rebooted or or adapted, it's become kind of a a, a hot topic lately. But I can tell you from personal experience, my my own daughter really seems to connect with Pidge in the series a little more when she realized one of the pilots was was a young girl. So, you know, back in that first season. I'm
1: so glad. Yeah, that's what I needed when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so back in that first season, uh, you know, did you approach the character any differently uh, than you might have some other character, knowing that there's this story arc that's going to play out with with Pidge's gender?
1: I think the only thing that had changed in terms of performance was how driven she was and, and how volatile she would get when when anything regarding her. Family, even though people didn't know that was your family, was mentioned. But for the most part, because of the gender, that didn't change anything for me. It was all the story.
0: Watching the series over time, it feels like everyone's really grown into their roles, uh, both the characters and and the actors voicing them. Uh, Do you feel differently about Pidge now than maybe you did back during that first season? How has Pidge evolved for you?
1: Well, I think at the beginning, Pidge, well, didn't really, (laughs) didn't really do people quite as well as as she does now, and that was a really cool turning point in season two was uh, that first, well, second episode. Um, First episode? I'm out of order in my head. doesn't matter. Uh, The episode with Pidge on the Trash Nebula was a way for people to get that, oh, she used to just be all tech all the time, no humans, and now she's kind of, she misses her humans, and that's kind of new for her and really cool. And that kind of catapulted her into closer relationships throughout the rest of the series.
0: Well, I, I mentioned this earlier. I mean, do you have you found that, uh, you know, young uh, young fans, especially uh, young girls, are really sort of connecting with uh, with Pidge and, and this character over time? Because I feel like you're probably uh, getting some sort of feedback from that.
1: Most definitely, and it's one of the things that's really amazing to me is, is the fan theory that Pidge is aromantic, agender, asexual. All these different marginalized communities really, really connect to her, and I, I love that. I love that they feel represented and loved through Pidge. I, I think that's an incredibly important thing.
0: Well, that is something that people are talking about a lot. And how does how does all that, I guess, not just make you feel, but how does it make you feel about where Pidge might uh, should maybe should go uh, in the future? Um, where would you like to see Pidge sort of go in the future?
1: Um, I want to like which we should but I, I i like the the phrase of where would i like to see her go i i i, I we, like we can deal in on. vagaries that's I, I fine exactly <laughs> <laughs> no it's just I, I like the path that she's on she's really really determined to find her family and now now she's gotten a little taste of it i think that that's voltron and family are going to really really be her her everything for a while and so you know identity gender identity sexual identity that's all going to take a back seat she's also very young she doesn't have to figure any of this out right now so i think that i'd love to just see Pidge going down the natural path that she's on and 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 taking it as it comes and so if if gender and sexuality becomes a thing that she feels she needs to tackle by all means that's a thing that should happen she should tackle it but not until she's ready
0: well, between
1: and I don't think that she will be ready until she finds her family and finishes with Voltron.
0: Well, between uh, Voltron and uh, your role on Arrow, and you're really sort of in the mix in this sort of geek community, uh, the the Comic Con <laughs> crowd, that type of scene. How has how has that been for you? How is, what's the reception been like for you? And what have you been your feelings jumping into that whole scene?
1: Man, I love being part of the geek community. It's that's that's where I belong. I'm a geek. I'm. If I weren't on the show, I'd probably be making a lot of crappy fan art for the show. So I feel like I'm right where I belong.
0: What's been your sort of favorite memory uh, so far about, uh, about making Voltron? Is there something that's really stuck out for you, uh, an experience you've had making this show that really kind of encapsulates uh, why you enjoy making it?
1: There are so many times just in the booth where there are several of us in there on one day, or even all of us on rare occasions will get all the paladins in there, plus you know, including the princess and Kran and everybody's there on those rare occasions. And it's just the best day. We're doing what we love with people who are wonderful and talented. And I always learn something when I'm recording with with everybody else. And I absolutely adore learning new things. So what's not to love there? But there's also, uh, aside from like the actual making it part, which is my favorite part, there's also this one memory that sticks out of, of a young girl bringing me a rover for me to sign um, at my first appearance after Voltron dropped and it was just, she had put so much time and love into this rover replica and, and she wanted me to have it and I said, no way, this is yours, I will sign it and you will keep it, this is this is your buddy, I'm not taking him away from you.
0: Wow, that's that really must have kind of made it hit all hit home for you. It wasn't. Really well, thank you again for talking with us, Bex. I really appreciate it. It's been great sort of getting your uh, perspective on, on Pidge and Voltron and, and all the issues surrounding the character. Uh, it's, it's been very enlightening. So mm-hmm. congratulations on the success of Voltron. Thank you.
1: It's been a pleasure
0: to be here. That was actress Bex Taylor-Klaus discussing her role in Voltron, Legendary Defender. First four seasons of Legendary Defender are available to watch now on Netflix. This has been Retconned, a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producer is Patrick Garrett. I'm Rick Marshall. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your podcast app of choice. It lets us know you're out there and that you want to hear more.